0: great to catch up with Keith yesterday uh, at the Soup and Suite. He's been here with Martin and Pat, which is a connection for just under a week. And uh, I first met Keith, a few years met him in 2019 when we did the street work. Uh, I just remember he turned up, he came on the streets with us, for, I'm not sure if it was evangelism it was Dean or maybe a prayer walk, and uh, he told me about his story. And I said, well, the next time you're our we'll get you a part of the service, you can testify. But little did we can that the pandemic was going to happen, and four years later, that, that agreement would suddenly come to pass. But it was great to spend time with Keith yesterday. He's got a lot of spiritual hats, which he said. So it's, I would say I could announce him as Keith, the church planter, but then I could also announce him as Keith, the pastor. I could also announce Ms. Keith, the evangelist, Keith, the apostle. And uh, this guy does a lot, but one thing I'm sure, this guy's the real deal. How, how do you ken the real deal? Love the Lord your God. He loves Jesus with his heart, mind, soul, strength. You can tell you spend time with Keith, you'll hear about Jesus. And also, love your neighbor as yourself. This guy loves God, wise heart, and loves people and wants to lead them to Jesus. So I'm going to hand out to Keith, got, he's got to come, then we've got to pray for him. And then at the end, I'll tell you just knew the, so, and we'll, yes, at the end, he's wanting a photo or, or his ah, uh, if possible, so that we can take a photo back to India and so that they can pray for us. So I want to be included in that prayer. So <laughs> so we'll get on stage after, with Keith, we'll get a photo And is that okay? If you're not wanting to GDPR and all that, you can free leave at the end. Okay, let's hear it for Keith as he comes to share.
1: Praise the Lord. Greetings to you all in Christ Jesus' name. Today, I feel so happy and I want to celebrate with you. Um, When I came to UK, I have some problem in my church. There is a family in my church resisting my pastoral ministry and we all know that according to scriptures there will be Judas for every 12 and Jesus had that I'm sure Kevin it's biblical you can't, you can't deny so I prayed that before I go back home that Lord should bring peace with that family To me and they don't speak to me they come to the church they give the offering and listen and just go back door and they were spoiling the other sheep and today this morning they sent a beautiful video of a sermon and I was like oh maybe they want to spoil my mind should I click it or no should I click it or no Then, okay, have faith. And when I clicked it, it was a video about in one of my friends' conference back at India, the pastor was saying, you should be obedient to your spiritual father who is the pastor for your church. That's the positive sign. (laughs) And I sent praise the Lord, and he sent me, praise the Lord. And we haven't been messaging or texting him or that his wife, his wife, for maybe six months or so. So that's the celebration. And um, yesterday, Martin was so nice to me, and we went on a tour, and he was taking me to the harbor and showing all the andras, um, where is Andra? Yes, yes. <laughs> Andra's boat. He says Andra's sister lives here. This is where Andra collects all this crap and gives to the charity. And he says this is Andra's road, Andra's house, and everything. <laughs> so I prayed. Oh, this, is, this should be some good man. And Lord, help me to meet him. And I was standing there today, he just came and spoke to me and said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't come yesterday. And I said, oh, hang on, what's your name? <laughs> I remember the shirt you were telling me about. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry if I'm embarrassing you, but I just want to be factual and open. And this man came and talked to me and said, your name? And I said, I'm, I'm, I can't remember your first name. I said, Andra. Oh, it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. The Lord is so so good, and He answers my prayer. And we were talking to other lady yesterday. I can't remember the name, Pat. But the people whom she works with said the church is boring, and she might not come. I think she came today. I I can't remember the lady's name. And I asked God to bring Sarah as well. And I know Sarah from in 2019, and Pat, Sarah, and Norma—they get on along very well. And I have their picture in my office, and they—they they, they have no cat fights or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so that unity really inspired me. And I'm so good to see Sarah, and I'm so thankful for Pastor, your Pastor, and my dear brother, Kevin and i feel so unworthy standing here and this is a great opportunity as i say as as pastor said we met in 2019 i came from the back door to collect Caitlin with martin it was raining that day and we just had a bit of story and i was i was looking at this church and he said next time when you come you will speak and i believed that but i did, i couldn't come since 2019 because they wouldn't put me on a plane because I was not vaccinated even today. So I wasn't vaccinated. So they said, if you're not vaccinated, don't fly. I said, that's okay. I can sit back and no ministry. I don't want to travel overseas. If Lord wants me to go, he will lift this vaccination and he will eradicate this COVID thing. And now it's everything is gone. And Lord opened the doors to come here. So I came here in on march 31st i took four planes from my city if you look at the india map right side below that's where i come from a state called andhra pradesh not andhra pradesh so my state is called andhra pradesh i come from a village called nunna it has a population of 35000 and yes it's still a village and I took four planes and I traveled for two days. When I arrived in Newquay, in Cornwall, every morning I, I used to go to, the, to preach and I come back home and I slept for three days because my body wouldn't adjust to the, the severe cold and everything. Where I come from, it's 45 today. So that's the reason I didn't bring my jacket. So no jacket for me today. Fortified, so I'm I'm making use, making most of it, using most of it, and I enjoy this weather. And when I, when I go into the my message, I will share more about the testimony. So I've been in Levanic, in Cornwall for 13 days, and I've been preaching at various places and churches. Then I went to, then I moved to Wadebridge. Then I was staying there with the family for one week, and I was preaching in Wadebridge Parish. Two churches, then I went to Milton Keynes uh, near London. And the first time I'm speaking to Indians in my own language in UK, because I have been coming to UK since 2007 and I never spoke to any Indian. So every time I see all the white, beautiful faces, uh, that was very uh, relaxing and so much comfortable. Then I went to Hartlepool and uh, where they the hanged the monkey, they are called monkey hangers and I was there (laughs) and uh, I was there for 10 days then I came then I went to I came to Scotland Scotland is the place where I became a Christian in 2009 I got educated in University of Glasgow from 2007 to 2009 and I was only 16 and 17 at that time so I went to Edinburgh I stayed there for three days with a lovely family and came to see Martin and Pat. I stayed with Pat and Martin in 2019 when they were at their old house in Peterhead. So they were happy to welcome me again. And you know what? So they, they took me, they, they, they collected me at the Aberdeen train station and they put me in a Craig and dark. Is it Craig and dark? Craig and, dark? and we were at the Bellater. The, the beautiful place is absolutely, f- for me, I never stayed in such a place. That that's looks like a Buckingham Palace for me. We live in a, such a co- very little house, but staying in that hotel with the beautiful bedroom and the beautiful window, and you can see the big, big trees, and when I went to the, the bathroom, there is a sauna room inside it. Well, I, I didn't go because we sweat anyway in India. So, uh, I, <laughs> so I don't want to uh, artificial sweat in, in sauna. So I said, that's, that's, that's not for me. And they took me to Queen's uh, estate. Uh, what's that? Balmoral. It's a beautiful. I mean, it's a feast for my eyes. I mean, I wouldn't have that finances to go, and I wouldn't go for myself. And I was taking loads and loads and pictures, and uh, it's a feast for my eyes. And I would imagine what would be the heaven one day when we when we look with our own eyes. And we were there at um, a Queen's Estate, and we went to see the Queen's Church where she used to go. Krathi, and Bremer, and the beautiful Scottish scenery, and happened to meet. Daniel, and I stayed with them, and I'm staying with them, and last Thursday, I was speaking to all women for the first time in my life at Aglo's Women's International, and I'm thankful to Jamie, who is with me, as we are the only two men. (laughs) (laughs) On Friday, I did nothing, and Saturday, yesterday morning, I was at the mission, mission house, fishing mission house. And this time I'm very much happy because I'm speaking to men. So it was very relaxing. And um, yesterday, and thank you everyone. I want to bow my head and say thank you everyone for who has given their right hands and um, for your generosity yesterday who came to the soup and sweet. And thank you everyone. I will tell you where the money will go in the middle of my sermon. So because since I have given 50 minutes, and I'm very much comfortable and I can share everything from, in, from my heart. I think you are the first person who gave me that much time. Um, I mean, I come from India. I have a lot of story. I can speak nonstop as Apostle Paul until the middle of the night. <laughs> and Eutychus can fell, down, can fell down from the window. But thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to speak because I don't want... As a pastor, I don't want any limitations for the Holy Spirit. But I'm not taking 50 minutes, so I will finish that before. And I'm sure you will not be bored by my end of my speech. And I want to thank Patricia and Martin and Jamie for accommodating me and loving me so much. And I am so much godly. I am not far from home. I am close to my another home. And they are so much, so much. I love Patricia, and I love Martin, and I am obsessed with Jamie. Where is Jamie? I'm obsessed with him. I mean, he's like my shadow. He's like my eagle. He loves to repeat everything what I say in my funny English. My English is funny. (laughs) I don't speak Gaelic. I don't speak Scottish. My mother tongue is Telugu, Telugu. And a Scottish missionary in 18th century is Benjamin Schultz. He came to India nearest my town, and he learned my language, Telugu, and translated English Bible to Telugu. So I have, this is not the Telugu Bible, it's the English Bible. So I'm not going to preach Telugu today. So if I'm reading Telugu Bible, I am thankful to all the Scotsmen in the Great Britain. So, yes, and he makes fun of my English and everything, but I think I will be crying today when, when I leave Jamie. And I've been already here seven seven weeks. Seven weeks? Yes, yeah, seven weeks. That's what he wants to say, weeks. <laughs> I, I would pronounce "button" different and "suit" different, and I stress the last last words, and he, he, he repeats after me. My cheeks were paining, and I was applying Tiger bomb last night. Everything here. <laughs> it's a menthol. I'm honest. I'm not joking. So thank you, pa- Martin. And Patricia and Jamie, you've been so nice to me. And thank you for all these opportunities you have given to me. And now let's be serious. Let's close our eyes and pray. Lord, you have been speaking to us through centuries. And today, we want to hear something different. We want to know your heart. Give us hearts to receive and to be receptive to your word. Bless this congregation. Bless our dear pastor. And bless this united kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. So if I go anything wrong with my pronunciation, and Jamie can make fun of that, but the message is correct. So if I go wrong with my pronunciation, please forgive me, because we speak Telugu, I speak, I preach from my Telugu Bible, so we never speak in English, unless if somebody is on the phone, you know, the Indian guys, they do all the... Uh, they, they call you and ask for your pin, pin, and they, they steal your money. Who's that? Who's the people? I'm sorry for that. Who are they? The, the customer care guys. So I have to deal with speaking with them in English, and I play with them, you know, and they get upset and curse the call. So I'm sorry if I go wrong with my pronunciations, but let's turn to First Corinthians Apostle Paul To 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22 to 27. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but each in turn Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God, the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies Under his feet, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. For he has put everything under his feet. Glory be to the holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are in the last days. Things are changing in the world. In the very next moment, there should be rapture will happen or can happen at any moment. And as a church, as a bride of Christ, we all have to be prepared for his secret coming into the clouds. There are two things that are waiting for the Christians two things that are waiting for the christians the first thing that is coming for the christians is the jesus kingdom and the second thing that is going to happen next is the father's kingdom so we are going to experience jesus kingdom when the church is raptured when we meet our lord jesus christ in the skies And he is going to bring all the church, all the Old Testament saints, all the New Testament royal people onto this face of this earth. This earth, this heaven, these oceans will never be changed until the end of the Jesus kingdom. The original plan of the God in the, in the Genesis, in the book of Genesis, is the man should have dominion and power and authority over every being on the face of this earth. But man sinned and lost his grace and Satan has overtook this present earth. You, should, you, you can believe Jesus is the king but you should also know the evil one is also ruling us and all the people on the face of the earth. And Jesus' plan will never be changed. We might change, but Jesus and his plans for the humankind will never be changed. So he came into this world and broke that sin And the barriers. And he provided this grace. And the salvation for the humankind. And he went and sitting on the right side. Of his father. Now. That's not the end of the story. We are going to be. Raised up. We are all going to have wings. And lifted up. Both dead. And alive. Into the skies. And to meet. Our Lord Jesus Christ. And we will be there with him for the seven years. And we will have that great banquet. That's the wedding banquet of the Lamb. And the world will face severe tribulation. The Antichrist will rule on the face of this earth. And there will be no Christians. Those who are in the Lord will be with the Lord forever. And when when we finished with the Lord seven years in the skies, we come into this world and there will be the Armageddon war and Christ will kill this Antichrist and all the dark forces will be subjected under the rims of this earth and Christ will place a kingdom on this face of this earth for a thousand years. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So today I want to talk about Jesus' kingdom. You could say theocracy. Because it's going to be rule by the God. So Jesus, though he's a king now. But he will be our physical king. I know you have a coronation. Some time ago, Charles, our, our king was coronated. But Jesus was the king right from the creation. And we are going to experience his kingmanship. And we are going to experience his every plan towards the mankind. And today I want to say three things because this is a vast subject. Because I have been only given less time. And I would love to say three things. What will make you to be part of this kingdom? So let's turn to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. Verse 18. But the holy people of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever. Here we see the holy people only will possess the kingdom. And I would love to turn to Revelation chapter 20 verse 6. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them. But they will be priests of God and Christ. And of Christ. And will reign with him for a thousand years. So you will know Jesus kingdom. Jesus plan is that he should make a kingdom on the face of this earth for thousand years. And in that thousand years, we are all going to be with him. There, are, there will be two groups of people in that kingdom. One group will be the rulers. And one group will be the, just the people. That's in another subject. But today, I'm going to talk the Holy Spirit... ...is wanting to talk to you... ...the holy people... ...you should remember that... ...only the holy people... ...will be taken part... ...in the reign... ...of Jesus... ...with his thousand years... ...the only holy people... ...will reign... ...for thousand years... ...so when we look into the Bible... ...there are some couple of characters... ...in the Bible... So we see Joseph in Old Testament. He was the last of all his brothers. They didn't like him. The reason they didn't like him is because he was not going according to them. He was taking all the bad reports of their brothers, of Joseph brothers to the father. and And To the father. And the brothers were quite against him. They want to kill him. Because Joseph's father. Loved Joseph so much. And he gave this clock. And he was so special in this house. He was holy. In his family. We can read that in Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. Verse 2. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Jilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their fathers a bad report about them. So he was in the family, but he was not partaking in any of the family sins. Today we complain, why you are not, why you are not doing spirituality? Why you are not holy? Oh, my brother, I look at him and he's tempting me to do things. Oh, my sister, my father, my mother. But when you go to Joseph, he's consecrating himself from his family. He isn't away from the family. He's within the family and he's sharing everything What the brothers are doing, and he's not part of the family. And the family, the whole family is against him. And the brothers want to kill him. So they sold him to the Egyptians, to the Ishmaelites. And when he was at the Pharaoh's house, and you know what happened. The Potiphar's wife, the master's wife, had an eye on this young man. This young man was so beautiful in and out. And this woman wants to sleep with him and be with him. And that's in between the four walls. He is not in the family now. He is in the foreign land. He is maintaining his testimony. He is maintaining his spirituality in the family. And now he's maintaining his character, his divine character in the foreign land. He might have think, oh, my brothers are not seeing me. My mother, my father is not seeing me. My pastor is not seeing me. I don't know any church people here. No. He was in between the four doors. And this lady wants to sleep with him. And you know, he left his cloak, he left his cloth and just ran away from that. And you know, the reward for this man, he was placed as a king after the pharaoh. So how did he got this kingship? How he was placed after the pharaoh? Because he was not defiling himself. He was so much consecrated. Joseph is a type 2 Christ. Joseph was persecuted. Joseph has gone through a lot by his own people. But Joseph's life, you would never see any spot or blemish in his life. I was listening to a pastor giving a counseling to a young man. This young man was saying, oh, I'm looking something rubbish and I don't want to see it. I'm taking something rubbish, I don't want to take it. And the pastor was telling this man, you should pray about that. And I interrupted not politely interrupted and said that's the wrong counseling. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22, flee from the youthful desires. You have to run from the youthful, lustful desires which will stimulate your desires. You can't sit in front of that and say, oh Lord, please forgive me. I am praying, help me to overcome that. You need to turn that off and you need to run like Joseph. Then you will be the part of that millennial reign which is going to come. So to be part of that millennial reign, we have to be holy. We have to be consecrated. You can see in the life of Daniel, Daniel was brought from Jerusalem to Babylon when Nebuchadnezzar wanted, wanted, wanted Daniel and his people to have this royal food, Daniel said, I'm not going to defile myself with this royal food. He was so skeptic about what he's eating and what he's drinking. You know what? Daniel is the one of the three prime ministers. One of the three prime ministers in the Babylonian kingdom, in the media kingdom and in the persia kingdom he served all three kingdoms under the four kings he was equal to the kings so what made him a king does he have any royal family background does he have any anybody something to support him to give the majority of the words God gave that position, an upper position, because God has seen his heart of consecration and holy life. I can take a number of examples from the Bible. You can see Samuel in the Shiloh's church. Hophni and Phinehas are rubbish priests. They were sleeping with the church woman. They are taking and collecting the precious fatty meat from the... um, from from the altar and everything samuel was looking everything did he defile himself but he was separate from them you cannot blame somebody else for your unholy life be yourself as an example to the church today why the world is not believing the church church pastor should be an example to the church and the church should be the example to the world. If the pastors falls, the church will fall. If the church falls, the world has nothing to learn from us. So if the world is not coming inside. We are this stumbling block. We are stopping them to to helping. We are stopping them to come into the kingdom of God. God says, "Be holy." as i am holy that doesn't mean he's, a, he's not asking you to stop drinking he's not saying oh stop smoking stop sleeping or stop watching that that doesn't that, that's not the verse mean the true translation of holy according to greek is become more like god have the divine character of god so without this holiness we cannot enter into the millennial reign we cannot be part of the jesus kingdom and the second matthew chapter 5 verse 5 we all know this verse blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth if we can look deep into that verse They will inherit this earth. So which is, they will be part of millennial reign. Do you know, in the millennial reign, apart from people, there will be animals. And in the Bible, the description of the behavior of the animals was beautifully written in Isaiah chapter 65. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 25. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. And the dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the prophecy about the Jesus kingdom, because he's going to come on the Jerusalem, his office will be from the New Jerusalem. On the top of New Jerusalem, there is a Mount Zion, he will sit and rule from the Mount Zion. And he's saying, From that, on this mountain, on this face of this earth, there will be no harm because Jesus is ruling, Jesus is the king. And now you can see these animals are not harming each other. The wolf and the lamb are together. The lion and the lamb are together. And they're sharing the food. And they're sharing everything. So that doesn't happen today. But which we are going to see in the, in the millennial kingdom. So I want to take a moment and say how much more humans will be in the millennial reign if animals have stayed that much meek humble, forgiving how much men ought to be in the millennial reign that's the reason Matthew one of the longest sermon ever Jesus preached on this mountain, the Beatitudes blessed are the meek who will inherit this face of this earth. So, all the meek people will be entering this millennial reign. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, 1, 2, 3. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abscess, And holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, the ancient serpent who is the devil or Satan and bound him for a thousand years. So when Jesus was ruling on the face of this earth, when we are with Jesus reigning on the face of this earth, there will be no devil, there will be no serpent, the ancient serpent, the ancient devil, who deceived Eve and Adam, and put them out of the Eden garden, now will be caught, and will be captured under the apses under our own feet. He threw him into the apses and locked and sealed it over him, to keep him and deceiving the nations anymore, until the thousand years were ended. So you will not see any devil, Which means you will not see any hatred, any pride, any lust, or anything in the millennial reign. So the people who are part of this satanic kingdom, the people who were deceived by him, the people who followed the Satan will be under our feet because we will be reigning, we will be traveling, we will be inheriting the face of this earth. I will share you a small testimony. I am a pastor. I'm also a Bible teacher, evangelist. And a few years ago, we started to go in a village called Gudupadu. And when we went there, we were evangelizing that village. The village has 12,000 population and they only have one church, Roman Catholic Church. And majority of the community, are Hindus. So they didn't like me when I first went there. So everybody were against me. And one of the village people, they decided, since we are going regularly, monthly ones, and I have this heart for that village, and they gave me this half-acre land as a gift for the church ministry. They said, you can plant the church there, and, and people right away started attacking that family and started attacking me. So one day they came and they're trying to be nice and they were acting their behavior and gave me a piece of fruit, which is an Indian fruit called Goa. And I discerned in my spirit that there is something injected into the fruit. I saw a black Fluid-like substance in that Goa fruit. Then Lord said to me, do not eat it. Put it away. So I was kind to them. I don't want to make any fuss. So I put it in my bag. And after some time, I just have to throw it away. And they thought I had that and got killed. After two months, when I went into the village, everybody said to me, oh, you were alive. What's mean? What's I'm alive? That people... You put poison in your food. I was shattered. I believed God when He said, but when these were confirming the situation, I was shattered. I have a wife, I have a children who are only two and three at that time. This is only three years ago, two years ago, two, two, three years ago. That's in 2020. And everybody said, you should go and complain them. You should go and register a police case against them. I said, I'm not going to do that. that that's, not my, that's not my business. So I have to forgive them, which is not easy. Which is not easy. I'm a human. I'm only 34 now. So I, I should be 31 at the time. Or 32. Which is not easy. And I have to choose the hard way the biblical way i said okay let's forgive that but i couldn't sleep for many days priscilla my wife my father everybody said you should stop going into that village you should stop going into that village you have a beautiful family you got a ministry maybe you go for another places maybe god will provide another land you can sell that land no 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 i'm sticking with my vision i'm sticking with my vision i want to help these people they kill me that's not a problem. Lord will send somebody else. They have killed the prophets. Lord stopped. Lord didn't stop there. He been, been sending prophets, evangelists, apostles, and everyone. They could they could they can kill as many as they want. For me to love, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And suddenly, after some time, I was with my pastor, and I left giving him the responsibility to look the land and to talk to people. And the same lads, they came to this man and hit him on his head and broke the motorbike into two pieces. Into two pieces. That pastor still haven't recovered yet from that pain. He hasn't recovered. He lost his... He was a pastor... But he lost his faith at that time. I tried my every best to console him and to speak to him. We said we are pastors. The apostles were beaten. Paul and apostle Paul and Silas were in the prison. Peter was in the prison. I have to bring everything from the scripture, from my own knowledge, and tell him, "Oh, that's Bible. That's in the Old Testament. That's many years ago. I don't have that faith. I don't want to serve Lord." But it took me like five months. To help him to come out of to come out of that pain, and he is in fifties. He should encourage me, but I'm doing that in return. But I can understand that. Again, people said we should go and complain, file a case, take that pictures, take that motorbike bits and pieces, put them in the jail. No, the pastor didn't talk to me for a long time. He thinks I'm OTT. He thinks I'm mad. He thinks I'm putting other people at risk. And I wrote to Patricia and other people I know in UK. This is what happened. Somebody would help this pastor. because I don't have finances to buy him a motorbike. I have the spirit to lift him up, but not the finances. And I don't know somebody, Patricia, and maybe people from your church, has provided that motorbike for that pastor, which I really appreciate that. And people thought we would leave that village, but I didn't. I didn't, I was so much clinging to that village. And then they started sending a mentally disabled woman into the site to defecate where the chief cornerstone was put on the church site. She defecated there, I'm sorry to use that word, but I don't know what else I want to use. She was going to the toilet or she was defecating there for eight months. You can imagine me, just imagine yourself if somebody puts a little piece of paper in your garden or maybe throw a banana peel into your garden for eight months, what would you do? Or if some, if some cat comes to your house, what would you do? I lost sleep. I didn't lose my faith, but I was I was anxious. I was nervous. I was like, I was I I couldn't sleep. It was a great spiritual attack. My wife couldn't sleep. Every time she says, You okay? I said, I'm not sleeping, I don't get sleep. I stopped eating, then I started having gut problems, mental health problems. My neck is paining, sore. I couldn't concentrate on my speakings. I couldn't. I stopped some of my. I have to cancel some of my me meetings. That's a big thing because I know the whole village. They want this lady to beat me or kill me and do this. To do this um, stupid thing that she's defecating. And one day we will say, "Okay, we are leaving this village." I, my wife. Priscilla, we have, to, we, we have to go there and caught her feet and, and begged her, please don't do that. And she threw the chair on my face and it just went the other side. And my dad was not happy at all. My dad, as most of you know, he's a lawyer, he's an advocate. And he said, say one thing, she will be in the jail. I said, no. I was, I was silent. So she was doing this for a long time. And suddenly... I get this phone call from this village. She was in the hospital. With brain damage. The nerve in the brain. Something happened. Damaged. And the people in the village. And my first church. I'm the pastor for two congregations. My home church. They said, "Yay, praise the Lord. I said, stop it. And everybody said, she deserves that. No. This is the start of our mission. Now let's go to that village. It was not easy for me to take that decision. My mom said, You're not doing that. Priscilla said, Are you sure? You want to get into the more trouble? No. For me to die is Christ and love is gain. I want to help that village. And we went there. She was in the rubbish hospital. She's in the village hospital. And I have to phone my dad and ask for his help. Dad, would you please help me? What's that? This lady who's been defecating. What happened? I want to help that lady. He was just shut his mouth for some time. I said, I need some money. And I came to my church. And I said, we need to help that lady. And everybody said, they were were divided into two. The opinion was divided into two but they respect me as a pastor and they put all their hands and we raised 350 pounds. We went to that village and shifted her to the proper hospital into the city. Into the city and we paid for the medical bills and we sent everyday meal for her and also for her son and daughter because they've been looking after this lady. So you know what I did? I didn't go one day. I only went one day. I sent every of my church members to go and minister to them. So I'm teaching my church to go and love the people. Because these are the people who are praying for this family. That she should change. When she was in the hospital, they are not happy. They want her to die. That's a human mind. We all think the same. Maybe I was thinking the same. Maybe she should die. Oh, she's fighting with the fire. The Lord will remove her. If I am Elijah, the Lord bring down the fire. I didn't say that. That's the Old Testament fire. The New Testament fire is forgive and forget. So, she, her son, after when they went back home, he traveled all the way to the Bethel church and the first church and asked for apology and cried in our first church. And he said, will you come to my house? My mom wants to cook a meal for you. And when people say, oh, "Don't go, don't go, don't go. She might kill you." No, no, I'm going. When I went there, she was still battling to get better. And I said, "I don't want any meal." And she put this chair, which is broken, and I sat there. And I was a bit nervous <laughs> because the same chair she threw at my face eight months before. So that's my throne and she came, I'm so sorry would you please put your hand on me and pray thank you for helping me I thought you were like every other pastor I know you are different and take this money, you know how much one pound, 100 rupees that's like your 10 pounds back at home, she gave me, I still have that in my office, that's like a thousand pounds for me so much valuable so I have to forgive her She's forgiven. And when she's forgiven, she was absolutely healed. And she, you know what? She, she's the witness. She's the Samaritan woman in that village telling everybody about the church and about the Jesus. What would you do? If I have chosen the other side of my, of my behavior, I think the ministry would have been buried by now in that village. Now, when I go into the village, before everybody shut the door on my face, now everybody opens the door, come brother, come have a cup of tea. Oh, please pray for me. Oh, this man is in sick bed. Will you please pray for him? Will you please provide the medication? And ask your church people to pray for you. I heard your church people are prayer warriors. And everything is positive, positive, positive. And nobody has got a clue. I'm not talking about myself. Jesus said, come, learn from me. He's the humble man. He's a person of meekness. You shouldn't come to me. You should come to your pastor or to the king. The only humble man on the face of this earth ever lived and ever going to come again is Jesus. So I'll, I will just put Jesus in my situation. What would Jesus would do if he is in my place? So blessed are the meek in heart for they will inherit the face of this earth. I want to read a scripture, beautiful scripture. Lord spoke to me during that time when I was having these tough times is Romans Romans chapter 16 Romans chapter 16 verse 20 the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet I was telling Pat last night we wrestle not against the flesh. We fight with the principalities, the darkness, the evil rains of the heaven on, on this earth. So I have seen a spiritual battle. So please don't make enemies within yourself, within your community, within your church or within somebody outside. We are not battling with the people. We are battling with the evil spirit. So this is the verse that's about talking about the millennial reign. The God of peace will soon crush Saturn under your feet. So when we are reigning on this millennial, on the millennial earth, the Saturn will be under our feet. All the enemies will be under our feet and they will be looking at right our face. But they are arrested and they are subjected under our feet. So the God of peace is not a God of anger. He's a consuming God. He's a fiery God. But he's also God of peace. Without that peace, we cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So, one more and I will close. Genesis chapter 5 Genesis chapter 5 verse 21 to 24. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Although altogether Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Then you stress on verse 22. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years. Something has happened to Enoch. Enoch. Enoch saw something which changed his life and decided to walk with God. We see in the Genesis chapter 5, there are people that lived for 967 years. And I want to encourage in the millennial reign, we are not going to die at 60, 70, 80, and 100. We are going to be live for 1,000 years with the Christ. So, if we have made use of it, of this little, little age, little life on this present time, we can reign with Christ for thousand years. For thousand years, there will be no sickness. For thousand years, there will be no evil rulership. For thousand years, there will be no darkness. For a thousand years there will be no hatred. Because Jesus will be standing on the face of this earth. And we will be all under his rule. So what has happened to Enoch? Enoch saw something. What did he see? We go into the book of Jude. We go into the book of Jude. Before Revelation. There is only one chapter. When you see from verse 14. Enoch The seventh from Adam prophesied about them. Oh, there is a prophecy in the Old Testament. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones. What did Enoch see? Enoch saw Jesus and the holy ones coming to the face of this earth. Where is Enoch? That's in Genesis. Chapter 5. And Jesus wasn't born by that time. There was only one prophecy. That's where God said into Adam and Eve. Only one prophecy about Jesus. and There is nothing more. Jesus didn't come. Jesus didn't die. Jesus was not resurrected. There was no secret coming. There was no second coming. But Enoch was seeing something far in the future that made his life to change and to walk with God for 300 years, even though he had his own family. Don't let family obstruct your faith. Don't let faith, don't let your job, your business, your relationships affect your faith. Enoch had everything, sons and daughters and family. I'm sure he got something to provide for them. But he was walking with God faithfully for 300 years. For 300 years. Because he saw this revelation. He saw Jesus was coming. He saw not only Jesus, he saw you and me along with Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.
2: (laughs) Nira melakuwa kanipetudun melakuvato nanunimpumu (laughs) Niraka kay kanipetun melakukatoh nanunim pemu nawarudaw nīvu nanu kanu perche saṅgamu gamatumu ni kau <laughs> gelilah nanu caci Vain la rajamo na kiyumo Ni kaukilililam Nanu chachi Vain la rajamo na kiyumo Avain la rajamo na kiyumo
1: This is a song I wrote about the
2: millennial reign.
1: Our church, we fasted for six months and we got the songs. And I love millennial reign because Enoch was saying, saw me and you. We all should have that revelation. The Bible says, without revelation, people will go, will cast off restraint. There is a word, there is a Proverb in there is a proverb in chapter 29, Proverbs chapter 29, uh, Proverbs chapter 29, Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18 where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. We all should have that revelation. The only revelation we receive. We will hold with Jesus forever. Paul was telling King Agrippa, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to this vision. He was clinging to this vision. That's the reason for the Paul's successful ministry. He said, I am pressing on and I consider all the rubbish, dung and the garbage behind me. Because he's pressing on. He's moving forward. Because he had this vision on the way to Damascus. And Jesus asked Peter. What do you say? I am. You are the Messiah. You are the son of living God. When Peter had that revelation. And Jesus said to Peter. The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. We should have that vision. We should have that vision. Not a vision to buy a house. Not a vision on these earthly desires. We should have vision about the heavenly things. We should have that vision about the heavenly things. So, so Enoch's life was changed completely. Just because of one vision, he decided to walk for God for the rest of the life. I was a student in Glasgow, I finished my sermon. I want to put, put, share my testimony, and I will leave if you're happy with that. I'm a, my name is Keith, and brother said, I'm an apostle. No. I'm an evangelist. No. I'm a pastor. No. I'm a dead dog, and God raised me from the dead. I feel so unworthy to stand before you all, and I, I, I don't consider myself a holy and a list of everybody and before that my life was rubbish i was born in a rich family my my father is well employed and i decided to come to uk study become rich and marry a british woman that, that's my dream that's my dream when i was 16 and 17 so even if you tell my wife, that's not a problem at all. So I came to UK, and I got this placement in the University of Glasgow. I came for undergraduation. I, took, I chose to study BSc honors, science, because I wanted to become a scientist and earn lots of money and help my dad's ministry. When I was in the Glasgow, I had the best life you don't have your mother and father with you then. (laughs) Partying. Oh, I'm a good dancer. So I go to nightclubs every day, every Friday and Thursday. And I spoiled all the people. I took everybody of them because I had lots of money. I got two jobs. I used to work as a waiter. And I used to distribute magazines. I want to earn money. I need money, money, money at that time. And just spent lavishly. I was like worse than a prodigal son. Worse than a prodigal son. My, my parents knew nothing. So then, I was born in a Christian family. I used to attend Sandyford Henderson Church, Church of Scotland. I used to go Sunday meetings. I'm part of the Sunday school. I was invited to speak at Sunday school. I was at the Wednesday prayer meeting. I was at the special Bible studies. But I'm not a Christian. I believed all gods are equal and you call them, you crazy people call them Jesus as God. So I've been, to temp- I've been to temples. My friends are Muslim, so I need to respect them. So I've been to everywhere. So that was my life in UK. And I started seeing visions. I started seeing visions of heaven, hell, which doesn't mean nothing. I don't know anything from the Bible. I used to have a Bible I carry with me, but I don't know anything in it. I only know the Sunday school stories very well. And I, I spoke to my pastor, what's happening with me? I couldn't understand these dreams and visions. He understood that I need to be obedient to my visions, but I think, ah, oh, it's not my job. I want to have a best life. Suddenly one day, it was on Saturday night, around 3.45 a.m. in the morning, I was working in the Balbir's restaurant, In Glasgow, one of the best restaurants, second restaurant at that time, I just skid and fell on my bum, I fell on my back. I hurt my back and I neglected it for three months. I'm still having these visions and I couldn't understand. One day, after three months, I couldn't, I, I started feeling aches. I slept in the morning, I couldn't wake up from my bed. When I woke up, this is dead. From my waist to my toes, everything is dead. I have high temperature. I'm sweating in Glasgow. That should be in August, uh, end of the July. And my friend came, Chizala Kaunda, is a Zambian friend, my classmate. And Edo Babatunde from Africa. And Hasita Samaravira from Sri Lanka. These are all my friends. We are the group. They came and we all want to go to the college because I am the rich man, so they all come to me. I said, they knocked the door. Let's go. I said, will you open the door? I can't, I can't wake up. And they, they opened the door and I'm still on my bed. Man, what happened? I don't know, I have no clue. And they took me to the hospital. They took me to the hospital and they removed my clothes and I was with my blue gown or whatever it is. And I just, um, I, I just collapsed, and I don't know whether I slept or gone into coma. And after some time, the doctors they surrounded my bed. They caught my hand and said, "We are sorry to say, you have been diagnosed. We have seen you have infection at your spinal cord, and you are having bone tuberculosis." I said, "What is that?" your legs won't work like again, maybe you will be ended up in the wheelchair forever. And they said, this is not the right hospital, so we need to shift to the city hospital somewhere. And they shifted me to the another hospital. I was in my room and I was there for one month and I, t- I decided to take my life. I want to kill myself because I don't want to be burdened when I go back home. Because I'm only 17. I don't want my mom to clean my toilet and clean everything, change my clothes. So I said, I want to die. And I started seeing these visions again and again. One of the visions is, I am standing in white clothes. I'm standing in white clothes. But I never put white clothes before. I know it's something to do with the pastor. So I thought, is it me or somebody? So this is in 2009. I wasn't a Christian at then. I never put white clothes. I'm against Christians and I'm against pastors. So this pastor, Reverend Peter White, whom I'm meeting to tonight at Aviemore, he was the pastor at the time. He encouraged and said, "No, something you have come to Glasgow is not for study. Lord has a plan for you. Jeremiah 29:11. He has a plan for you. So you have to pray. What do you mean? I have to pray? I'm on my bed." And what's the plan? This is the plan. Is this a plan that I'm, I will die here? And my parents are crying 9,000 miles away in South India? I said, no, you have to pray. You saw yourself in white clothes, so you will be standing, but you have to pray. But I didn't listen to him. And after a few days, I prayed. I prayed. He encouraged me to pray. I was on my back on the other side when I was praying. I slept into, I I went into sleep, deep sleep. And something came from the heaven, from the sky. And fell on my spinal cord. And just lifted off. Just like a dove, it came and lifted off. Suddenly, I felt electrifying. And something passed into my nerves and bones. And the next morning, I stood up. Next morning, I stood up. And all these doctors came and said, are you okay? While you are standing, you should be sitting." I'm absolutely fine. Now I want to go home. I call my dad. Jesus healed me. And they wouldn't understand anything. They wouldn't understand. My friends wouldn't understand. Everybody mocked me. What? Jesus healed you? Are you mad? Are you crazy? I am working for the Lord. And I have to resign my two jobs. I have to, okay. That's the end of my studies. I, it's a four-year study. I completed two years. My dad requested you should study another two years and come for the ministry. No, I will be obedient to my call. Because the one who gave me the vision healed me. So I need to work, or come home and be as an evangelist. Then I went back home on August 19th on 2009. And I started preaching since August 20th. Which is on my mother's birthday. And it continued till today. I was, I was uh, an evangelist. I worked as an evangelist from 2010 to 2019, and God gave me this beautiful vision called Bethel, and it was on the written on the wall, and the sun was beating, and the letters were glazing and flaming, and I couldn't understand. Then I went to my spiritual pastor, my father. I said, "This is I have seen three times. I, it's in my Bible." And he said, that's the house of, I I don't know, Bethel. So Bethel is house of God. So you should start a church ministry. Then I started church ministry at my own home, beside my room. We we put a small roof on the first floor. And when I was with uh, Pat and Martin in 2019, in Peterhead, and we were at the soup and sweet at Cremend, and I was speaking and I was sharing my testimony. I was with my same white clothes. And the people raised some money and given to me. And I completed that building with putting lights, fans, and that's how the church. And I was speaking to my wife for five weeks. Because so nobody is there. And God started sending people. It's, it's, it, we started having regular services in 2020. And the COVID hit, so we have to close it for six months officially. But we worshipped at the back door. (laughs) We worshipped at the back door. And uh, now there are 45 congregations in our church. Because that's the God's church, not my church. He honored, I I have obedient to the vision. He honored that mission. Then I became a Bible... I have, ne- I have never been trained anywhere. I never went to Bible college. This is all the revelation I have received. I study. I don't read any books. I don't read newspapers. I don't read anything. I don't go online. I don't take any resources from the online. I sit on my knees and spend hours and hours. Lord, teach me something new. Because every time I want to preach something new, my vision is to be a teacher... The gospel is for the world outside people. The gospel will help them to come inside the church, but the church needs proper meat so that they can be prepared for the coming of the Christ. So I have realized in my calling, and I call myself Bible teacher. We you know Jesus is only a good teacher, and I've been traveling almost everywhere in our state, Andhra Pradesh, and I'm blessed to be speaking. In English churches, and in Church of Scotland, and in Elam churches, and I feel so much privileged. Is it that Keith, in 2009, on the deathbed? And I can't believe myself. I can't believe myself. You know, God can take you out of the rubbish, and shine you, and make you like a light for all the face of this earth. So that's the ministry I do. I plant churches and people give me lands and I I teach and I encourage and I preach. And I'm married to Priscilla. I'm married to Priscilla. She was the poor lady. I'm not putting her down. She's the poor lady. She comes from a thatched leaf house. And I prayed, I need a woman from the poorest background. And we happened to meet at one of the family meetings. It was an arranged marriage, but love at first sight. <laughs> and when I heard her father and mother also pastors, oh, that's, a, that's what I want because I want a pastor's child because they will be following her father's footsteps. And because that's a poor family, they will know the value of their life. I married her. And in 2014, I brought her to UK, thus see another because she's in a poor hut. That's the church, that's the house, she has the younger brother, she has the older brother. On Sunday, she has to take all the beddings, all the everything, and they used to gather there. So people mocked her, you will never get on a train, you will never get on the coach, you will never be on the flight, you will never see a rich family, you will never be see the other part of the world. They never had a TV, and she never got the mobile phone until she married me, because I want to talk, so I purchased a mobile phone for her. I brought her to the UK. In 2016, she was wow, 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 wow. When we went back, she had this cancer. She was stuck. She was hit with cancer in her throat. And the next day, we found she was pregnant. So one day sadness, next day happiness. We we wouldn't. We we're unable to choose which way to go. And. She, we decided, then I have these beautiful visions. I rely on God and the revelations of the heaven. I saw my children. I saw three children. We haven't had any children by the time. One girl is like three fruits in a basket. One, one fruit was biting. One fruit was biting. Other two fruits were healthy and happy. So that's the vision I have seen. And I have seen Priscilla. And the doctor said she will die within three months. So I either have to believe my vision or the doctor's words. The doctor said you have to choose abortion. No. Then again, people said, OTT, you are OTT. I put my wife's life at risk. My father-in-law, my mother-in-law were not happy with me. My parents were not happy with me. Everybody said, you're crazy. You're killing a lady, young lady. You will, be, you will be become a widow at this young age. There will be bad propaganda about you. I believe my vision. I believe my vision. And when, at the sixth semester, we found in one of the scans, the baby is not okay. She has this cleft lip. Now you can remember the vision I said about the fruit that was bitten. Three fruits. One fruit was bitten. So now I see... This is what I'm getting from the Lord. So I have to accept it. I should be obedient to that vision. The baby was born. We gave Queen C. Phoebe. And she was born with cleft lip. And you know what? I didn't show my girl to anybody for three months. Because everybody was mocking me. This man sinned. So she carried the sin. And I was terrible. I was crying. My wife was crying. So somebody comes to me and says, Oh, she's, she's having the milk. Priscilla is breastfeeding. You can't see her. Oh, she's sleeping. Or maybe turn the baby the other side. Oh, that's the, that's the baby. And I felt shame. I felt shame for doing that. And third month, she went, th- she went through this uh, plastic surgery. And we wouldn't see anything. She was absolutely fine. She was repaired wonderfully. And Priscilla has to deal with her cancer now. Within one month after the surgery. And she went into the hospital. And this cancer terribly. 40 grown lumps in her throat. The doctor was quite against me. But I have to believe my vision. And she was in the hospital. They cut her throat. And took all the limbs. And all the cancer. They have to take the thyroid away. And I said that's it. We are going to depend on divine healing. And since then, she never had any chemotherapy. She never had any radiotherapy. She's been to the hospital. She's go to the hospital every six months. And every time, it's negative, negative, negative. She's absolutely fine. And, And we have the second child. The doctor said she will never give birth to any children. But I believe three fruits. Then we have sudden surprise of little girl, which is Patricia. I have to give P- Patricia's name to my own daughter because she was so nice to me when I came last time because I was having terrible fear of who whom I'm meeting this family and my, all my worst feeds are gone. And I felt so much connected to this family. So I want to honor this lady. And we gave my daughter named Patricia and we are now waiting for the third one. Not yet... it's in the vision it's in the vision but one day maybe next time I come next time I probably will bring Priscilla and she can tell all the story so that's me and that's the ministry I do in India and I will appreciate if you would pray for my family and for the ministry we are doing we are in the front line India has been persecuted a lot but I'm happy to say behalf of India, the church is rising in India. The church is rising in India. My dream is to travel all around the India and all around the world to teach this apostolic teaching and encourage the church. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. I would love to say a prayer in Telugu. In my tongue, then you all can pray for me. Maha yeah. Parishidida, Prem Galignath and Rinik Wandanal Stotramalaya Yakavade Kalamuna Miramalni Nive and La Raja Paripar and Korakai Miranelo Beton and the Kunik Wandanal Stotramal Mother Tiga, Maka Parishidatanako Thai chained Renda Udiga At Dina Sabahomunak Mir Thai chained. Muda Diga Naina, a Darshanamum of Pundukola Kamakropochopundi Ikada Fraserboro Community Church, Believers within Sunday, Amen.
0: Amen. Let's stand. We're going to invite the leaders of the church forward. The deacons of the church, wives as well, Ruth, Isabel, you come forward. Alison. Okay. They stretch forth our hands. This was a, I was captivated by his his story, captivated by his message, captivated by the biblical doctrines, the millennium, with Jesus Christ, to rule and reign. And Jesus, we thank you for our brother Keith and Priscilla. We thank you for the heavenly vision. We honor it. We declare it. We thank you that he believes you above the insults and the guidance of man. We thank you that you declare yourself faithful to them that are faithful to you. We thank You for the revelation that Keith carries, a revelation given by God Himself. We thank You for the fruit of the gospel that we see to His labors. We thank You that His labor is not in vain, for He labors not just for King Jesus, but King Jesus labors through Him. We thank You He's an available vessel for the Most High God. And God, for everybody that sees themselves as available empty jars, you will indeed fill with anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. That Keith and Priscilla and the kids as well are truly your hands, your feet, and your voice for that villages and cities in India. And we pray for that heavenly vision that will come to pass. That you would send them, send them to the highways, to the byways to put out the simple, glorious invitation of the gospel of Jesus Christ to come to the banqueting table for the marriage supper of the Lamb has already been prepared. And we pray for multiplication. We see within Him is not just one fellowship or two fellowships, but a multiplication of disciples that will disciple disciples and disciple disciples. God, You have anointed them to speak good news to the poor, to set the captives free, to open eyes of the blind, to open the ears of the deaf. We look forward to the good news being shared high and wide and success to the ministry. And God, we look forward one day seeing them again, whether we go to India, whether Keith and Priscilla come here with the kids, whether it's on that great day when we get scooped up. And we'll be together across a table, eating and celebrating the Lamb's Supper between the bride of Christ and Christ Himself. But before that great and fearful day, we pray that You would bless them, that You would look after them, and give them the joy, joy, joy of their salvation every place they go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Keith. Amen. Okay, Keith's just going to show some quick pixels to explain the stories he shared. And then we're going to get Abdi up for a photo for them that want to. Is that okay?
1: It's only two minutes. Sorry if I'm late. <laughs> so that's me in Glasgow in 2009. Sorry for the lights. That's me in the Glasgow hospital, the first hospital. And that's after my healing, the different hospital. That's Priscilla, after her throat surgery, cancer surgery. That's my Queen C, first one, with born with cleft lip. This is the piece of land we were given, and we are planting the church here. The lady, where she defecated in this land. That's half acre land. That's my family picture now. <laughs> That's me on my lap, Queen C. Phoebe, beside me, Priscilla, and the Patricia. <laughs> Little Patricia. Thank you for watching. Thank you.
0: <laughs> okay. So it was, it was great the soup and sweet yesterday, and we raised some money. For Keith. And there's uh, some people, never there that said they would like to, to give um, to Keith in the, the ministry there. So I'm just anointing Patricia as the secretary that if you want to give to Keith, see Patricia. Is that right, Patricia? I'm almost going to call you Patricia <laughs> And uh And in the church as well, we'll, we'll add to that. Okay, so I think that's us, so we're going to take our folks, I think it's great, his heart is to get a photo of us together, it's his church family in the Broch, and then he'll pray for us in India, we'll be praying for him here, so if that's okay, can okay, the northeast culture, I would just like to say but you're going to have to move if you want to be part of the photo, and I can only else I in this, but to invite people forward, I'll put us to the sign and then we'll get a photo of Keith and us. Okay, let's go.